Welcome to 2T Podcast. Uh, my name is Jared. I own Canyon Crest Creative along with a few other companies like RV Park Map, uh, 2T Studios now, Loritzen LLC, Hazer. But my main goal with all of these companies is to provide better marketing services to small businesses, local businesses, people under 50 employees that can't necessarily afford a full-time employee but want to scale and grow their business. I'm Brandon Carey. <clears throat> I'm a co-owner of Carried Away Properties and Carried Away Real Estate LLC. My wife and I do transactional real estate with our team, Legends Real Estate team here in Twin Falls. And my wife and I also own 15 rental units specializing in short-term rentals. Jared and I went to the same college together and we're both frat boys. We both have operations backgrounds. The big thing we have in common is that we took the leap into entrepreneurship within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we kind of started this thing to discuss the challenges and the mistakes and why we suck, (laughs) but also the successes and growth we've experienced along the way. Yeah. There's been a lot of suck, but there's also been a lot of good, uh, owning your own business isn't easy. Not at all. Yeah. And I can't even imagine, I mean, you not only own your own business, but your business partner and you live together. Yeah. So that's gotta be another struggle. I'm sleeping with the help. (laughs) makes it things a lot more complicated. (laughs) Oh man. Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we did this. It's been fun for sure. The first one I thought was great, you know, for me to at least kind of shake out the jitters and, and understand what I wanted out of this. I mean, we started it to get good content, content, video content that we could use throughout the week and it's already turned into more. Uh, we're going to start we're going to, you know, use this space for other people. I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking how to start a podcast and it's expensive. You know, we've got already just wrapped up to, into this about five grand. So we're going to start renting it out. Might as well. Might right? as well. Yeah. And help some other people do this too. So you want to talk about our sponsor for the day? Today's sponsor is Milner's Gate. So local brewery here in Twin Falls. They have excellent food. The buffalo cauliflower is fabulous. But they brew some local beer. Beautiful, beautiful joint. I think they had like a $2.5 million investment to start this place. And they've really put their money where their mouth is and providing Twin an awesome place to socialize. But be casual and upscale at the same time. Mm-hmm. Their brew equipment's right there in the middle of their restaurant, which is really cool. Um, but they're our sponsor for today. I had my prom here, but uh, upstairs. Oh, really? Back when it was the, just the ballroom. Sure. Yeah. All 13 of you. Yeah, there was about 13 of us. (laughs) It was great. That was back when I had gauges and long hair. Oh man. I was way, that's way cool. I did. It totally did the, the hair flip. Yeah. God, man, I wish I was my high school self again. I'd beat myself up. Same. Um, well, cool. So, the, the premise of the podcast, 2T, um, as you obviously know, but most people don't, is that each week we're going to bring two things that we want to talk about, one thing each, and we'll talk through it together. And that came from, that's how you and I would, we would talk Normally, every time we would get together. For sure. So we'd get together and just, you know, say, hey, what, you know, what are you working on this week? And we'd talk through it. And every time I'd walk away really motivated, you know, want to go get it done. And yeah, so got a coin here to see who goes first with their thing it's a scratcher coin so we'll do the woo do you want woo or do you want the crest the crest okay crest is the best 
and it's the woo. Cool. We have yet to call it right <clears throat> so far. Over two. Cool. Okay. So do you want to go first or what? no, I you, won. You won. I won. I won. I will go first then. Okay. Last week we were talking about this company that I was hiring for Canyon Crest Creative specifically to go out and do some lead generation work for us. And I was nervous to let them just do it their way. Well, it's been a week into it so far and they've gotten me six appointments and I've closed so far two of those wow. out of those six. Yeah. Thir 33%. Yeah. Uh, and three were no shows. And then one that I talked to on the phone was, uh, she told me that she just didn't do marketing. And, <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean you don't do marketing? And she said to me that it's just been her and her husband running this business, working hard and keeping clients and word of mouth is how she's grown her business. And so what I want to talk about today is how can I, as a marketer to you specifically, you're a small business owner, entrepreneur. How do you distinguish the difference between marketing, branding, and advertising? Because she markets every day. Marketing is not about putting a Facebook ad out. That's what she said. So what do you think the difference is? Let's talk through that. The difference between word of mouth and marketing? Just what's the difference between, in your mind, between marketing and advertising? The whole premise of marketing is knowing who your target is. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think if she... If you're marketing to the masses, it's never going to be near as effective. So I think you can do the word of mouth route from a marketing standpoint, but if you don't know who you're targeting or how to qualify someone, if they are a client of yours or not, mm -hmm. then you're, you're just launching stuff, launching Hail Marys. Really? You're not, you're not doing anything that it, it's lazy really is what it is. It's yeah. Marketing is, is the strategy behind the execution. <clears throat> if she wants to grow her business through word of mouth, that's fine, but that's still a marketing strategy. That's not not marketing. Not marketing would be not doing anything, like literally just not even doing your job. Every single task that you complete every day in your business is, is some form of marketing your business, whether it's handing out a menu that is printed on you know the best uh, paper and, and, and it holds up to people using it every single day. And so the, the product that you give every single time somebody sits down at the table is, is the same. That's marketing. Yeah. Really. The only way you can quote, not market is sit and wait for the phone to ring. Right. Like, and yeah. even then how, how'd they get your number? <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's something that comes up a lot. I feel like there is a, a, a very common misconception that advertising is marketing and marketing is advertising. Mm -hmm. When we say that we're a marketing company, we can do advertising for you and we can get you to show up in these places. But advertising in, in my mind is the, is the function of spending money specifically with, with one company to promote your products. So if I'm going to go and place a Google ad, I'm spending money with Google to promote my ad, my product. But that's part of a marketing strategy. But also on the other end, you have to have on the other end of that ad, you have to have a landing page for people to go to. It has to have some really good calls to action for people to actually take action on what you want them to do. And then once you get their information, you have to have a good automation funnel on the back end to make sure that you're acknowledging their request. Somebody on your team is taking that request in, nurturing that lead and converting that all the way over into, uh, into a client for you. And without marketing and without a good 
strategy there, you can't do that. All you're doing is just advertising. Like, like you said, you're just kind of throwing stuff out there. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun for me to have to explain the difference and, but that's what we do. So what do you guys do for, for marketing your business that you would say is kind of unconventional? Um, I think for us, one thing that you talked about just a second ago was, you know, you talked about the menu, having it be the same every time. I think we really push, we have a a high standard on how our listings look, no matter how rough the home is. Mm -hmm. Um, if we have someone walk in, if we, if we get a ton of showings because it's staged, it's professionally photographed and we, those are non-negotiables for us when we have a client for a listing anyways, our goal is to get as many people through those doors and we've done our part, right? Getting someone to buy, that's not necessarily our job. Our job is to gather the feedback and mm-hmm. deliver it to the, to the client and let them understand where their downfalls are and why maybe they're asking too much money for their place or, but our goal is to get them through the door. I think having a high standard of our listings, every one of our listings, every one of our pictures in our listings are Mm -hmm. dialed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have, we set ourselves apart a little bit by when times get tough, market slows down. There's not as much sales activity out there. A lot of agents will start quit taking professional photography, start using just their iPhone. They won't edit the photos. They won't do anything with the photos. And that is a non-negotiable for us. Looking at these houses right here, these top four, I can tell you which agent took the time, the energy and the effort to make sure that their home was marketed well. For sure. So I want to, okay, let's do this because photos are just one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when, when it's the photos crooked like this, see that, how that angle is crooked or it's just showing a front door. It's a vehicle in the driveway. Vehicle in the driveway. No offense to whoever's listening these are, by the way. Oh, why? <laughs> why not? I mean, offend away. <laughs> I'll blur it out. <laughs> but it's you you can just you can tell who pays the little bit of extra money and it's not a lot. What is it? A couple hundred bucks? Yeah. Not even. You're doing a service to your client. And when this is the first photo of your home, what why would I want to go see that house? The issue with this one is it doesn't really tell the story. It doesn't really, it doesn't give you anything to go off of. I know the home's brick and that door looks like it's updated. That's well, there's two doors. So maybe, maybe something, Ooh, it still has the tape on the threshold. There we go. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I love how the driveway's wet. That's good. Weird. So they, they bought one. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, let's get off this topic because we, we, we could do this I all could, day. I could go all day about lazy realtors. <clears throat> I think I need to be better about communicating what marketing is when, when I'm doing these outreach calls. I uh, think for you, and I know we're over time, but I think for you that the biggest thing is those qualifying questions to understand where they're at so that you know what strategy you have to deploy in that conversation. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a sales tactic. You, you qualify your client before you give them the pitch. I think you need to think of what are the, as you get through this, a couple of the answers you get, mm-hmm. you say, okay, either they don't do marketing, either they do, but they struggle or they think they have it all together. Right. And of those three lanes, you need to have a pitch for each lane, you know, that whatever you qualify them in, you have a, you have a pitch for each one of those. And I think that you will have a lot more like the fact that you're just doing the feel out phase and you're closing two of the three people that you sit down with. Like, I'm excited to see what, what this does for you, what this lead gen stuff does for you. Well, the goal is one a day and we've hit it so far. Mm -hmm. So we've had one new deal every single day. 
a new deal every day for me is going to be worth a million dollars at the end of the year. And if I can have as many people closing one deal a day as, you know, as we can possibly scale at, we're, we're ready to do it. And that's the exciting thing. I was talking to a client yesterday, very niche client, like probably the most niche client I've worked with yet. And they're, they're signing on. But one of the things that, that they're excited to do is we're going to reach out to every business essentially that has a lobby and, and can afford the product that they sell to be inside of their lobby from Idaho Falls all the way down across, sorry, over to Ketchum and then straight down that whole circle of Southern Idaho, really. And if I can get them 20 people, 20 meetings a month, okay, which I know I can, if I can get them 20 meetings a month and they're able to close 30% of that, they're talking about a $15 million uh, revenue generating campaign that will cost them around 50 grand. So $50,000 to make 15 million. And the, and the numbers aren't unrealistic at all. I mean, they're low, they're conservative. But when you start to think about numbers at, at scale like that, instead of just, you know, when I first talked to him, I was like, what is your average deal? He's like a hundred bucks. I said, no, not average deal coming into your store, like new installs, putting, putting stuff together and, and installing it. Oh, and he's like, okay, well about 15 grand like $15,000 you can make. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's low. He goes, one client was 150,000. And I said, why are you focusing any time on your store? Anytime hire somebody at $15 an hour to run that thing and get on the road and sell. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to have the store to support the rest. I said, okay, but one deal with your store, $150,000, one deal where you're making 50% on that deal. Why are you doing, why are you even in this office right now? It's, it's one of those things with scaling that's scary, right? Like mm -hmm. to scale something you have to, it's one of those trust things, but it's also a gamble. But if you know that if I borderline even fail at this and take the leap, if I borderline fail, even if I don't reach the numbers I want to, I can still sustain, mm -hmm. but I'm still, now I can work on refining that second step of going out and selling, right? It, well, he's a, he's a great salesperson. He, he is. I think his problem is, it's not a problem. It's just, this is what happens with every new business. Every new entrepreneur is you've got something that you're really good at. Um, and you do that really well. And then you just continue to do that really well and hope that the business comes in where people fail time and time and time again. And this is where I failed when I first started too, is I didn't take a serious approach to finding my next deal. It was never a legit documented serious approach. It was just, I'm going to do my work. And then from word of mouth, more work will come in. And that was great. That got me to where we are today. But there's a cap on that. Oh my God, there's a cap there's on a, that. There's, there's a, a really hard ceiling on that. It's your circle of influence, which in a small town, you know, can, can be great. I've got, I feel like I've got a great group of people that I work with and good reputation with people. And, and that's nice to have here. But when that is, when that circle of influence is not, not dried out, but when, when you've worked it, you have to move out. And if you don't have a good plan to move out and you have to build that plan and it takes you three months to not only build, but to execute on a serious level on that plan, you can go broke. You can go broke as an entrepreneur in one month uh -huh. easily. When I'm, when I'm talking like payroll every two, when, when I've got six, no, what is it? I've got five figure payroll every month, Right. Like I got to hit that every single month, which means I got to have at least five figures coming in of, of revenue. Yeah. Even so, if that means you eat ramen all week. 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, or I'm here all night trying to find the next deal or, or whatever it is. But that's the problem is I don't want to be here all night. That's not sustainable. So you got to have a good system to, to find leads. And then you have to have a really good way to close them. And this guy's going to do it. And he's excited about it. He left here excited. I'm excited together. We're excited. And if that, if I can make that guy $15 million and he spends 50 with me, and then he opens another store and another store and another store. And now we're niched down into just what he does. It's, it's going to be great for both of us. I've had tons of things come through my mind on what I want to discuss, but the thing I'm going to land on for today is, so it's kind of, it's not completely real estate driven, but more of like the scaling of your business for my wife and I, we, what we struggle with is we struggle with spreading ourselves thin. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I guess my, my question is when you've already made the mistake of spreading yourself thin, how do you structure yourself from like a cash flow perspective, a payroll perspective? How do you put guidelines up and hold yourself accountable to them mm. so that, you know, cause like in real estate, the hard thing with real estate is there's always a deal out there, especially when you work in it every day, there is always a deal out there. There is always someone texting you saying, Hey, this is off market and I know they want to get rid of it. And you're like, oh shit, I could make 60 grand in three months on that deal if I turn and burn that baby. Mm -hmm. Or wow, it's in a great location. That would kill on Airbnb or that would kill as a rental. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you say no? How do you say mm -hmm. no to those types of deals? How do you I keep don't know. yourself reined in? I don't know because I'm, I'm struggling with that too. I have been better lately with better qualifying the long-term success of my clients versus looking at the deal and seeing it on the short side. Have you ever read The Infinite Game by mm -hmm. Simon Sinek? I have not. It's really good. I love him though. Yeah. It's The Infinite Game and this this is probably would be my advice. The Infinite Game is is all about thinking, okay, what's the long term? How is this going to not just impact today, but tomorrow and the next day and not not only that, but how is that going to set me up for scale 3 6 months from now? So, you know, he gives a lot of examples in the book, but the one that sticks with me always is, is the Zune. Do you ever remember the Microsoft Zune? Mm -mm. It was supposedly going to be the next big MP3 player, okay? But the iPod killed it, like completely killed it because the iPod was playing the infinite game. The iPod was all about giving people access to music wherever they wanted or however they wanted with the Apple Store. The, in the in the iPod was less about the product and more about the experience mm -hmm. and in the long-term experience with the customer. And the Zune was about creating something that was quick and easy to sell that they could get on the shelves right away. And they didn't build they didn't build a community around it like Apple did. They didn't build this hype around it like Apple did with theirs. And and they died. And they, it was not a it was not a good death. They they tried to hold on to it for a long time, spent a lot of money on it. And it's, it's a perfect example of how you can have a company out there. And I ran into this conversation mm -hmm. last night with people that said, well, it's always worked like that for us. Why would we change? And you would change because your buyers are changing. So this was a, this was a pharmacy. I'll just say it, it that. And they said, why would we, why, why do we need a website? We've never had a website before. And this was just, I wasn't trying to sell them anything. We were just talking. They asked what I did. I said, I'm a marketer. I build websites. You go, oh, we don't have a website. We don't need one. So why would you not need one? They're literally free. I build free websites for people every single day. Why would you not just 
put up a website? And he said, well, we've never done it before and we don't really need to. Okay. Well, does your customer really support that? Like, why do you not have a website, but CVS has a website, cost plus drug has a website, Amazon pharmacy has a website. Why don't you need a website? Why are you so much smarter? Mark Cuban, baby. I know Mark Cuban with his discount he's, pharmacy. He's killing it. He's killing it. And like, this is what year one or two. Mm-hmm. Like if that, like yeah. what's going to happen? Like that's, that's insane to think about because again, if you're not growing, you're dying. The, the idea that it's always been this way. Right. It, the only thing you're guaranteeing by having that mentality is certain death at some point. Might, maybe it is 10 years down the road. And maybe they don't give a shit cause they're old. Yeah, that might be. Maybe might they just don't care. Freaking maybe boomers, man. Dude. Tell you what. Okay. So think about it like this. You've got somebody in their sixties, right? Started the business probably back in their twenties. They've been running it for 40 years, maybe longer. So this place started up in the 80s, 70s, 80s. There was no websites back then, of course. Okay, so they came along the 90s, still bumping, whatever. They're good. Okay, what? and I asked the guy this. I said, what about your grandson? He goes, oh, my grandson's fine. He won't ever need to work in his life. What? Yeah. Why, why is that, like, as a business owner, as somebody who has a place here that they're paying rent here, they're paying taxes here, not rent, they're owning, they own their business, but they're paying taxes here, they're setting their business up to be an empty freaking building in a strip mall that now somebody else is going to either have to demolish. And what are they going to do when they demolish it? They're not going to build another local pharmacy. So now you've got all these local pharmacies going away because they're old. You've got diners dying because they don't have the new reservation management system that everybody wants to have. They don't have online ordering. You've got local clothing companies that used to, uh, you know, used to, you used to be able to go down main street and shop and, and buy Christmas gifts. Those are dying because those people haven't adapted to selling online as part of their profit strategy. Why would you not? I don't get why people don't look at the long term of what's happening. If, even if it's not impacting them today. Well, and I, I think you and I are very similar in the aspect, like your whole business caters to the local aspect, like 100%. you, you cater to the local small business professionals in our area. Right. But the thing that's scary about that is if we don't get those companies, those small business owners to evolve with the times and be just as much of a convenience or reason as the, as the big boys and the mm-hmm. box stores and all that, like, I mean, what does that mean for your grandson's downtown. What does that mean for, right. you know, where, where do they go eat on Saturday night? Well, it's Applebee's or Chili's mm-hmm. and like and the fact that would be a shame, right? Right. So look at Milner's gate, for example, they started immediately day one. They had a really good point of sale system Yep. where they could check people in immediately day one, the, right? The metrics that they, they have a whole system and a whole accounting system that tracks how they did this day last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a day by day, year over year comparison. And they understand that you got to pay for those things up front because it'll pay you a dividend and help you drive your costs down over time. I mean, for hell's sake, those guys, they survived COVID mm-hmm. with m- millions of dollars in debt over their heads and they survived COVID. Like that is unheard of. There's a, uh, you know, Shia LaBeouf, right? Yeah. Well, he went through a whole bunch of stuff and I don't know, kind of, he admits lost his mind a little bit, but he was on a podcast and he was talking about how 
in the end, it'll all be okay. And if it's not okay, it means it's not the end. And I love that shit. Like that, that got me hyped up thinking like, yeah, man, if there's been days when I'm like, this is an awesome, this is, this is it. This is what's happening. And then like in that same day, something will happen. I'll be like, shit, this sucks again. Mm -hmm. But then it gets better and it gets better and it gets better. But my long-term strategy with all of my businesses is to build them to exit. I don't want, I, I, I make RV park maps for a living. I do websites and SEO for a living. I do, I sell, you know, consumer products for a living. I have all these different things. None of them are what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about playing with my daughter and playing blocks. Like if I could, if I could make the money that I make now and play blocks with my daughter every day and afford my mortgage, I would dude, no brainer. I would do it. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that and be comfortable and be set up for the long term, you have to have money. Like you have to, I don't live a crazy life. I don't have car payments. I live in a house, regular house. Mm -hmm. A while back, it's been years ago and I, we were really heavy on the grind. And I got told by someone that all I care about is money and that I'm greedy. Hmm. And my, re my response to that person was, you have no idea what you're talking about. Because one thing that I know is that money is the avenue to what my goal is. Mm -hmm. And Steph and I's goal is freedom. Mm -hmm. When my daughters are college age, I want to be able to drop of a hat, go to a football game at their college mm -hmm. and not have to decide what bill I'm not paying that month. Right. I want to be able, like, I want time with them. I want time with my grandchildren. I want freedom. That's what I'm after. And money is the avenue to get there, but it is not the goal itself. And I told this person that, and it might've even been a year later that they came back to me and were like, I get what you mean now. Yeah. And it's really important to me that you, we don't get that twisted, right? Like yeah. it's really easy to chase the dollar. And if you chase the dollar, we all know how that ends. I made a bunch of money in my life working for different jobs, different people. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you and I both walked away from six figures mm -hmm. in, because at the end of the day, that six figures wasn't going to be freedom. No, it was going to be, it was going to be freedom over 30 years and giving your whole life to that company. Mm -hmm. But why do that when you can bet on yourself and get freedom 20 years sooner? When I started working for a cliff bar, it was because I was not happy with my current job. I was traveling every week. I was leaving twin falls on Monday morning on the six 30 flight. And I was getting back Friday night at 10 PM. I would get in my car and I would drive home. I would do laundry on Saturday. I'd hang out with my wife on Sunday, pack my bag Sunday evening. And then Monday I was out again every single week. And you know what? I, when I first started that job, it was great. Cause I was going to Ruth Chris every night. I was drinking old fashions with top shelf, you know, liquor. It was awesome. I was having a great time. I had a, co a company credit card that I was expected to spend $25,000 a month taking people out. It was a blast until it wasn't until I was in airports. I dude, I maxed out status on Delta and Southwest. I was a Hilton member, a diamond member. I'm still a Hilton diamond member and I haven't had that job in four years. I had, <laughs> I'm not kidding. And it's First also world problems, dude, baby. COVID rolled it over every year, but I haven't traveled in that. So anyway, I was stuck on a layover in Salt Lake. I think I've told you this story before, but you reached out to me actually. I did. You reached out and asked me about Cliff Bar and no what shit. I thought. I don't even remember that. You did. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was, 
I was driving. Okay. So for people who don't know, Twin Falls airport is tiny and they used to have three flights in and out a day. I think they only have one now. I'm not even hundred percent sure. Maybe two. I fly private. So it doesn't even, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't fly private <laughs> yet, <laughs> but, uh, the, so three flights. Okay. And then if you missed one, it was five hours of the next, which was normally fine. I'd go to the Delta sky club, get a bunch of work done and then hop on that plane and, and come home. But if you miss the 10 o'clock flight, you're screwed until the next day. So in the winter time, I would try to plan that because Delta in the winter, Delta, you're great. I love you, but you suck in the winter. Uh, Southwest is even worse <laughs> in the winter, <laughs> but so I'd fly Delta exclusively in the winter. And then I'd always try to get that middle flight so that if I, if I was delayed coming out of Atlanta or something into Salt Lake, I could at least get the later one if I missed that middle of the day. Well, this day I was in a, even, you know, I was, it was a horrible week, uh, for work and I flew into Salt Lake, missed that flight. I knew I was going to miss the flight. And so I decided I was just going to book a car and drive. And on that drive home, I listened to the podcast, how I built this with Gary Erickson, founder, owner, well, not anymore. He sold it, uh, but founder of Cliff Bar. And I was stoked. I was stoked on that podcast because number one, he talked about how he walked away from $60 million, uh -huh. which is such a baller move. Like to walk into a conference room when you are in debt and well, no, I don't think they had any debt at the time. So they didn't have any debt at the time, but he did end up having debt anyway. So he walked away from 60 mil right and said no i can build i can build something better than what that 60 mil will give to me and so he did it and he built a badass company and i i was like i gotta work there i have to work there so yeah i guess i reached out to you i went to i went on a tour uh and i grabbed susan hr manager after the tour and i was like listen i have to work here there i have to be here it's just this is and i thought i was gonna retire from cliff yeah and, and then you fast forward till earlier end of this last year and mm -hmm. they sold for three billion. Mm -hmm. Three billion dollars they sold. And you know why I think they sold is because Gary and Kit were ready for a little bit of freedom in their life. Yep. You're you're running this monster, which was a great monster. I mean it Cliff Bar. Very unique company. Beautiful. It, I loved <laughs> I loved everything about that company. Everything. Every company's gonna have problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I loved Cliff Bar. I loved what they stood for. I loved the way they treated their employees. My team was amazing. I made really, really, really good money, which was good because when I left my old job to go work for Cliff Bar, the guy who hired me, David, he's like, I, there's an, we can't, we're, we can't even be close to what you're making now. And I said, that's fine. I'll take a cut. But I, I promise you, I'll make, I'll make what I'm making now in the next two years. And I was, and then I started making even more. And I thought, why, why do I need to retire? All my, all my bills were paid off. I could have gone there every day from eight to five, done my little IT job, managed my team, gone home. But that's not, that, that wasn't fulfilling me. Like the company was great. I was always looking for something in a company that I was working for. I was always looking for that, like feeling like I was truly making a difference. Like I was moving the needle. I, I don't know. I just need that. Right. Like I need that to make, to feel good. Mm -hmm. And at Cliff Bar, I felt that, but I started to realize that there was not ever going to be a time when it felt I, right that felt right. Unless, unless I was doing it and the God, that sounds so like controlling and narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> and it probably is a little bit, but leaving that and doing my own thing has been the scariest and the best thing for me because I get to do it my way every day. And 
I get to help actual people like the guy, the, the wind, the winds are bigger winds and, are, the, and the losses hurt more because mm-hmm. you're an individual. It, it was so nice when you can make a bonehead decision in an operations environment and be like, Oh, that cost us 40 grand today. Damn, that sucked. Mm-hmm. And you take a little bit of an ass chewing and you don't make that mistake again. But when you're working for yourself, if you make that decision, it could be the difference in seeking you or not. Right. Which I mean, as time has went on, that kind of gets exciting. Yeah. And you don't, you, you can't just accept mediocre either. You know, it's, it's a whole different thing. It's your name on it. The, the biggest thing about taking the leap in, into entrepreneurship is that when you're searching for like, you're, you're in the, the grind of working your nine to five job and you realize that you get to a point finally, like, I mean, I promoted three or four times in Mm -hmm. my, I think seven years in, in, uh, operations. And every time I thought when I get promoted, I thought that like, gosh, this is going to be great. Like I'm going to be so fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't Mm -hmm. and it sucked because, Mm -hmm. and you think just one more, just one more, just one more. And then finally you get to a point where you're like, man, and you look at all the people that have ever reported to you that are on the same grind as you that are wanting this, they want that promotion. They want that thing. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, man, feel bad for you guys because I got it and I, I'm still not fulfilled. Do you, you know, what's crazy though, is that there's not a lot of people like us. Like there's a lot of people out there that love going to their work, their job every day, mm-hmm. clocking in, doing their tasks and going home. And they are a hundred percent happy with that. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people out there like that because I've, I mean, they work for me right now and that's totally fine. Like I have no problem with that. That doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, no, it doesn't do it for you. It doesn't do it for Steph. And that's why we are the way we are. But it's definitely you, you don't learn what you need to learn to run your own business while you're working in another business. Mm-hmm. It's just not even close to the same. Yeah. And if anything, it muddies the water. You know, I think I think if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur and you're maybe listening to this right now, my advice to you is to figure out how much money you truly need a month to live. And then if that's not, you know, if, if that includes a bunch of debt, credit cards, whatever, like get, pay it, just pay it, take whatever money you've got set aside, get your debt down period. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to hustle and do your own thing, get yourself a three month window and then just go grind and yep. grind and grind. And when I quit, I was, like everything you just said, all those boxes that you wanted to be checked and I need all this to be, mm-hmm. I was on the verge of a full blown mental breakdown. Oh yeah. And I did not have any of those boxes checked that I wanted to. And I went home one day and I was like, I can't do it anymore. And my wife is, she had been in my ear saying, just, just do it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And I finally had a phone call with her on the way to work one day and I was totally melting down and she said, we will figure it out. But like, I can't lose you over, over a job, right? Like we'll figure it out. We'll sell what we have to sell. We'll liquidate half of our portfolio. If it means that that's how long it takes us to get the wheels turning Mm -hmm. and, you know, having a spouse that'll back you like that and is willing to cut everything that you've worked for up to that point in half and support you. The moral of that story though, is it's never going to feel like the right time. Mm -mm. A lot. If, if I know myself and I didn't have a Steph, 
I would know that I could get all those credit cards paid off. I could have six months of savings in the bank and I would come up with another excuse as to why I didn't want to dip my toe in the water. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like some, sometimes when your back's against the wall, magic shit happens, you know, Uh, dude, a hundred percent. If it's like, I don't know how many times there have been where I didn't know how I was going to make payroll. And it was like Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then I scooped up a $10,000 deal and got it paid. We, we go through that pretty, pretty often right now. (laughs) Yeah. And it's scary as shit, but then Friday comes and you write the check and everything's good. And then you have another two weeks Then you got two weeks (laughs) to make that that money again, you know, and you've got people who have to execute on that as well, but you can't, you can't let them know. Yeah. Right. Like you can't say, Hey motherfucker, if you don't get these sales, uh, you're not getting paid. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. That doesn't happen. You can't do that. You have to do it. And it's, it's, but you know what? If you don't, if you don't do hard shit, you don't, you don't get rewarded the way that you want to be rewarded. Uh Like if I, dude, I could fire everybody today, take my client list down to just what I want. And I could go sit at home and be totally happy. Yeah. Not have the overhead, not have the stress, not have the risk. I say I would be happy, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. It's the chase because I'd want to get another deal and then I'd want to get another deal and then I'd want to get another deal. Yep. Like we're on the road to a thousand right now. We're going to get a thousand deals. Okay. That's the goal. I've got a little board out there. That's got a thousand squares on it. And I I fill a square every single time I do a deal and that fucker is going to be full. And if it's not full, then I'm not done. Right. Every single day I walk into work, it's illuminated. I can see It's on an x-ray board. Yeah, it's on an x-ray board. I'll throw a picture of it up on this. But when we bought this building, it had x-ray boards. So I took it down, made a grid, colored it all in. There's actually 1,075 squares on it. Um, But yeah, man, that thing's going to be full. And it's lit up. It's bright. I see it all day, every day. Every day I'm on a call and I'm talking to someone, I'm pitching a deal. I see it. And there's something motivating to me knowing that if I wanted to, I could go home and retire and just live my same lifestyle that I'm living exactly right now and live off the passive income from the websites that I already have. I could do that today, but I, that, that doesn't, that doesn't intrigue me at all. Uh-huh. The company that we bought, we've forexed it. I, I'm not even close to being satisfied, not, not, satisfied, not yeah. at all, man, because I see the potential in it and I see the long, the long game. It's like, yeah, the short term, sure, I can get out of this today. I could go sell this business right now and get out. I've had people offer me money to buy us out already. Uh, it's not been at the price that I want, so I won't take it. But I mean, I've got a scale number where we've got a pretty clear three-year goal to scale to then exit one of the companies. And after that, I don't know, man, maybe I'll start, maybe, maybe I'll turn this building into a jazz lounge little speakeasy oh yeah mm-hmm. just gotta find the liquor license baby yeah money also all you need is money for the liquor license for sure hey i'm excited i'm going to sedona this week i'm leaving literally right after this i'm gonna drive to boise and go to sedona uh go mountain biking uh what are you doing this week uh my wife and i are gonna take a quick 
four day trip to Cabo on Saturday. Being an entrepreneur sucks, dude. No, it's the worst. This is horrible. We I, have to work so hard. I, I didn't, I didn't have, <laughs> we I, just, I didn't we have just, to ask anyone for time off. It was really, it was really rough. We just, we just talked shit for an hour about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> and we're both about to go on vacation. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, like our trip, like we found an Airbnb in that most ideal location in Cabo that we're used to and like, mm-hmm. and flights were 360 bucks Ooh. a pop. Literally, we're going there for thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. So, I mean, when you have an opportunity, and January is a great time to go there too. So, I packed my bag this morning for Sedona. I've, I'm just so unprepared, but it's fun to just wing it sometimes. I did. It'll pack be light fine. and just wing it. It'll be fine. When we go on trips, like when my wife and I go on trips, dude, she is so organized. It is insane. It's like, it, I, I, I don't know. It's crazy, and but she'll pack and she'll have everything ready and it'll all be perfect. And then I will literally, you don't want to know how I packed you rolling hot dude. Last night I got home last night. I got home. Yeah. (laughs) Last night I got home. I went to my closet, uh, and I pulled a whole bunch of stuff out of the closet and I just set it on the recliner in the living room. Cause it was like 10, 10 30 at night. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I got to pack in the morning. She goes pack right now. I was like, no, I'm going to sleep right now. I'm going to wake up at four. I'm going to pack. And then whatever I don't use, I'll just hang up right before I shower. And that was my, that was my plan. And I did it and it worked and I'm going to Sedona and I might not have all the underwear that I need. I, I know I only got one pair of pants in there and it's supposed to be like 40 degrees. So I, whatever. One time Steph and I went to stagecoach last year and they lost mm. our bag and I had to go to target and buy all new clothes while we were there. Mm. That was an experience. Did they give you money for that? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Shout out to Target for yeah. having better clothes. Yeah. Props, Target. You guys have really upped your game. You can be our sponsor next week. Yeah. All right. Let's do our one big thing. So my one big thing that I'm going to do this week is get one of my uh, assistants trained on uh, web scraping and generating leads. I'm just going to use the model um, that we've used before in the past and just get him trained up on that. And that'll give us start to give us two a day, then three a day, then four a day. Boom. Um, but I got to get him trained and part of training him is going to be recording it so that I can easily f- just give it, you know, to the next person building, building that to scale. Uh, so let deliverables for that. Um, I don't know. How am I going to prove to you that I did that? Except just tell you, I feel like we gotta, we gotta have an, an honesty policy, which yeah. I don't think is a problem. Okay. So if I don't do this, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. That's the deal, right? So that's the deal with these big things at the end is if we don't do them within the time frame allowed, which is one week, we have to give the other person a hundred dollar bill. My big thing for this week is I have a small bathroom remodel to close out, get paid for another one out in Hagerman to get close out and get paid for. Mm. And then another one that is on one of our rentals, our tenant is in Mexico right now as well. And I'm trying to get her a new bathroom before she gets back and not have her go without a bathroom. So I'm going to leave here and go demo that thing right now. Are you going to use a jacket? Oh no, I got to change first. I can't, can't hurt the jacket. Mom would be mad at me. You want to trade a Carhartt? (laughs) (laughs) That would make sense. (laughs) Dude, also shout out to Carhartt for making uh, the best clothes that a marketer could buy. (laughs) 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 I do Carhartt shit sometimes, just not during the day. All right, man. Uh, See you for episode three. See you for episode three. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. (laughs)